Welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 72, and we'll be talking about Steven and the Stevens. I'm Sophia. I'm GC13. I'm Ken. So, not my not my favorite episode. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about this one, but this one kind of makes me a little uncomfortable. Why? Because the main character was killed off? It definitely makes me very uncomfortable towards the end with all the murder going on. That was my favorite part. But I remember at least the first time I saw this, I liked it a lot. Oh, it's not even it's not even all the Steven death that gets to me. It's the Steven and it's the Steven and the Stevens, you know, their breakup story. It's so tragic. I just <laughs> it's it's tough. I just I remember the first time watching Steven Universe, I was still at the point where I didn't like Steven as a character. I thought he was really annoying. And I just had this amazing moment when Steven's out in the porch and he's like, I'm so annoying. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> you know the worst thing, though? Our Steven never had that revelation. Yeah. <laughs> it was alternate timeline Steven who figured that out. But Steven gets better despite that. Yeah, he does. I think we've mentioned, or at least I've mentioned, that I didn't find Steven annoying at any point when I was first watching the show. But then, like, on this, like, second rewatch or whatever number of rewatch this is for me, he is very, very annoying. So I did appreciate this meta moment where it's, like, actually <laughs> acknowledging that. That was relieving. Yeah, I mean, a, lo a lot of shows do a bit of character development. Steven's had a lot of character development. Although, you know, Steven needs to sink some levels into his hair. I mean, he leveled his hair up to the max this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, it must be really, really curly. That pompadour. <laughs> Man, he, uh, he and Yellow Diamond, they're going to throw down on the walkway. Or whatever that's called. I liked how Steven, when he time travels, his helmet and scooter don't go with him, but his ukulele does. <laughs> Well, the, the helmet and the scooter are just tangential. The ukulele is central to his being. <laughs> it's part of his soul. He's a very musical person. You can't deny that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been confirmed by the creators. Like, I think it was Rebecca Sugar that confirmed that Steven has perfect pitch. Ooh, that's a power. Yeah, he gets that probably from Greg, or maybe it's like a gem thing, since they seem to be so inherently musical. Although, it could have been great where Peridot doesn't know what music is, so maybe gems aren't musical? I don't know. Well, Peridot's just a technician. She she stays well away from the culture. You see how quickly she picks up the concept, though? She's able to identify the notes as he's singing them. Hmm. Maybe not like music is inherently easy for gems, but... It can be. Like maybe like their ability to detect and mimic pitch? Well, maybe... Maybe, like, their ability to universally adapt to gravity might translate to universally adapting to language. And if music could be kind of along those lines of vibrations through the air and being able to pick up a pitch with no problem. I don't know. But, I mean, this is, this is all pretty tangential to the episode that has Amethyst being completely okay with playing drums for three <laughs> Stevens to sing an angsty breakup song about the fourth Steven. No questions asked. It was the same with the last episode we were doing, um, Joking Victim, where Amethyst is just sitting eating fries and Lars is setting half the boardwalk on fire. <laughs> and Amethyst is like, oh man, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked how Steven is like scooting 
on his scooter and he gets mobbed by two other versions of himself and they just like ask him to join a band and he's like yes, yes. <laughs> uh neither of you were bothered by like the casual murder in this episode the death of 30 people i loved it it wasn't really murder yes it is he just set the timeline right i mean it was it was a self-sacrifice that he didn't ask any of them if they wanted to make (laughs) we can have a philosophical debate on what constitutes murder i guess but i think that constitutes murder Eh. well it's the end of the existence of a being that still exists by the end of it he said stay cool forever at the end of it that makes it all all right (laughs) that was funny that was just I really like that scene, and I like the Crooniverse's reason behind it, where they just wanted to kill off the main character like 40 times without consequence. <laughs> I found it, because I'm that kind of person that finds like the kind of messed up bits like really funny. Like, I liked in Frybo how disturbing Frybo was. It's just, it's funny to me. Oh, that was, that was key to the episode. I don't think it's funny, but that was key to Frybo. But I find it just really funny, the kind of morbid sense of it especially in a kid's show because it's like so out of place now you know what i think was funny just the thing that sticks out to me the most about that scene isn't even the stay cool forever or even derchi at the end it's when you have the two other stevens you know standing over the third steven who's, who's crying like holding himself and crying and it's like, and they're all confused yeah <laughs> it's like we are in so much trouble please quit crying please don't tell on us <laughs> And it's funny if you, like, count up the numbers, since this is Beach of Palooza, Beach of Palooza is shortly before Stephen's birthday. Stephen is 12 in this episode. Assuming it's an annual, it's and not twice annual. Biannual? I think it is. I think it, 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 Beach of Palooza is annual. Like, maybe it might be a week or two off every year, depending on, you know, what's good for the town to make, but... I mean, they do it before summer, we know that. Yeah, like at the very beginning of summer at the latest. Well, no, no, we know it's before summer because Mirror Gem was the start of summer. True, true. So it's right, right, right there at the end of spring. Yeah. And I just don't think that Sadie's song was at the end of fall, so. Did you guys notice the one kind of like Easter egg where the Stevens are kind of warping through time? And they're in the, uh, the dried out ocean? Yep. Which is them uh, going that, in the that future. That was cool. That was cool. I didn't notice that until very recently when someone brought it up. Yeah, people people caught it when it aired, but obviously it wasn't until Ocean, the promos for Ocean Gems started airing that everybody was like, oh, is that what we saw in Steven and the Stevens? Yes, it was. I didn't notice it until you just mentioned it. You know what would have been really kind of interesting if we'd seen just like the very smallest bit of the moon base that they warped into oh that would be cool that would be super cool yeah and it seems that the the time thing which is the thing you know as a reference to the pilot can warp him from location to location as well as time yeah it seems to have the power do you like this episode better than the pilot um Steven was definitely more annoying in this episode, but I think I like this episode better. I like the Crystal Gems better in this episode. I like when all the Stevens are fighting and just, like, all three gems are sitting on the warp pad and Pearl's, like, just, you know, stunned and Garnet is stunned and Amethyst is counting them. That was, that's a great moment. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I like at the beginning the hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> that, because that was a really cool reveal of Garnet's use of shape shifting. Yeah, and she's used it a couple times. But this was, if I, I'm pretty sure this is the first we ever saw of it. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, Secret Team is later in the season. Yeah, it's episode 29. I really like Secret Team. <laughs> Same, one of my favorite episodes. I really liked how Steven let the crab out the door, like, after you, sir, and he just lets ah, the yeah. crab, like, that was, that was really cute. What a gentleman. <laughs> no, what I like is he set his alarm clock for time to go get ready for Beach Palooza with Dad. I want to know the relationship between Yellowtail and Greg. It is apparently a complicated one, because, <laughs> you know, Yellowtail commiserates with him over the damage to the van. At the end of Ocean Gem, yet he seemed quite willing to throw down with Greg here. <laughs> I mean, you know, being the father to a magical boy is, is tough. And, you know, when the only other father to a magical boy in your town is, you know, the guy who runs the car wash rather than another fisherman, it's got to be tough. I don't know. Buck Dewey is pretty magical. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a different kind of magic. <laughs> The magic of art. Onion can stare down a gem monster and intimidate it. He's like king. I liked how we learned that the gems can play instruments. I thought that was really fun. I like the not-so-subtle allusion to Garnet's fusion status with her using a guitar. Yep. (laughs) And I also like Pearl's like, wait, what? When Stephen mentions (laughs) creating the alternate timeline. (laughs) It's like... From Steven and the Swordfighter at the end, where it's like, Pearl just, what, how, what do you guys do without me? <laughs> it's the same. Like, Garnet and Amethyst just immediately, once Pearl is gone, Amethyst swallows a cloud and gets hit by an airplane. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she's the only one with sense. Like, Garnet really doesn't care. Amethyst gets off on discourse. Pearl's the only one with a level head. Mm-hmm. That's, our, that's why she is the best... Of all the gems. Yes. Best pearl, best gem. Absolutely. So did anyone think it was kind of, you know, Stephen's word choice, you know, the boat's too fat? Yeah. It's a little bit weird. I mean, considering how the problem is that the boat's too tall. Yeah. Abs- and I mean, how was that not already completely obvious <laughs> that the boat is too tall? Yeah. Like, you're, it's like at least five feet over and they're just sort of like, back it up. Well, you know, Greg, he's always got his head in the clouds. <laughs> you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> uh, nice oh, catch, buddy. Getting our SpongeBob on. <laughs> well, this is a very ocean-themed episode, seeing as they yeah. were almost drowned. Well, Stephen was almost drowned. It's a coastal town. You know Bikini Bottom isn't that far off. You think SpongeBob and Steven Universe exist in the same universe? Oh, they have to. It's, <laughs> you know, all that. I, th- I think we could put something there. I already got I already got my thing where We Bear Bears, I've added We Bear Bears to the alternate timelines list. How could We Bear Bears be a... Steven Universe is one timeline, Adventure Time is another, and We Bear Bears is a third. You know, Chloe is Ruby's daughter. That's why they have the same voice. Okay. <laughs> and there must uh, well not necessarily our ruby but a ruby because there is a garnet to sing the theme song 
That still brings up the question, if all, if any ruby fused with any sapphire, would it produce a garnet? Yeah, but, you know, obviously the fusion can change over time as the relationship changes. So if you take a stock ruby and fuse her with a stock sapphire, you're going to get the same garnet every time. But once they start to diverge, you know, you're not going to get our garnet. You'd get a cotton candy garnet the first time. Hmm. I still cannot get over this ethical problem with Steven just casually murdering 30 people. He didn't- okay. Like, it was played as a joke, but if he, like, pulled out an AK-47 and did that later- What do you mean? How was it played as a joke? It is, because he's doing the song at the end. He didn't murder them, he destroyed the timelines, which is different. That was played seriously dramatically. That was a heavy dramatic moment. He destroyed the timeline knowing that the consequence would be the end of the existence of 30 unique individuals. No, it's just like in a mountain climbing movie where somebody cuts the rope so that he and the poor poor guy beneath them both plummet to their deaths so the people above them can live. That's no what one he was did. going to like die, though. Like Their yeah. lives weren't in danger. He was just fixing what he had messed up. Mm-hmm. By killing people, yes. I don't think he understood what it was going to do, though, because time travel rules are always really weird. And there was, what was it? I think it was a tweet by the Crooniverse where Steven and the Stevens served to, like, set up the rules for time travel, which means we could be getting future episodes about it. Well, that wouldn't surprise me at all. We still have to find out how Greg actually was there at the Rebellion. He was awful defensive about it. It's not like I was there. I th- I still I'm behind the theory that he was in a uh, Rose's room and so that makes sense, but he still feels weird about it. Why? There's definitely more secrets we don't know about. Ooh, yeah, that's this show is good with secrets. <laughs> I mean, they're so good with secrets. They show us a background from an episode, four episodes in the future, and they're like, yeah, ain't no thing. They're not, well, four episodes do? is one thing. Imagine if it was like a season in the future. That would have been. Yeah, that would be great. You know how, you know, sometime long after Lion 2, the movie, came out, people rediscovered the background for the city in the trailer. And people are wondering, oh, wait, is this homeworld? <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that because it was... um. What if they had done that for real? What if they had snuck homeworld in on us somewhere and somewhere where we, where we couldn't notice? Well, it wasn't because the backgrounds were, like, released from the universe or something. It was because... um. In some video about the making of Steven Universe, on a screen behind them, they had the background yeah. from Dogcopter. People were like, is that Homeworld? I don't know. Oh, there, were, there was a drawing in a, in a picture of the studio of, like, Steven as, like, Steven with a lion-like body. You know, like, he's yeah, wearing a lion costume. It's like, oh, did, did they accidentally let us see a Steven lion fusion? I'm like, just like, I feel like Peridot with the cluster. That is not what it looks like. <laughs> Well, it might just be, like, some sort of AU fun drawing, because, you know, they have, like, the Bad Pearl, which was started by the Crooniverse. <laughs> we need more High School Gem, you know, yes. uh, promos. Those are those are my favorite. I love them. Anime High School Gem, yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. So we just left to assume that Homeworld has 30 time travel devices, and basically any conflict with them could I- easily be undone. This just seems like similar to like future vision being a thing. This just leaves a lot of plot holes in the future. Well, I think that the rules that this episode established was that you can't really 
change time. You cr- you can create a new timeline yeah, more to your exactly. liking, which would actually make sense if you have y- Yellow Diamond could create a new timeline where she and the homeworld completely crush Rose in the Rebellion, but we're not in that timeline. We never can be in that timeline. We're in a timeline... You see what I mean? You can only yeah. make you can only control C, control V, and then yeah. cut in. Yeah, like the only thing that time travel does is create a new universe at a specific time and place where you want to be to change. Dragon Ball Z rules. Yeah, I gotcha. But that universe can be destroyed if you destroy the thing. Sustain. How much power is that thing putting out if it is sustaining that many realities? I don't know. Maybe the old ones go on pause. Hmm. That is, yeah, like, whatever universes there are currently Stevens with time things in are the ones working. I mean, the gems are no strangers to putting out magical devices with huge, huge power capacities. But to create a whole new reality, that's something else. I'm just remembering the one Mario guide where someone found out how to get some star some some hidden star in half in a press and the amount of absurdity that had to go into it was amazing like you had to jump through four parallel universes in the game and had to like make a spider jump way up in the it was it's absurd it's, it, yeah i've seen that that came out a few weeks ago it's pretty ridiculous i would encourage the listeners to look it up it's like it's a 24-minute long video, and I watched the whole thing, and my jaw know, just kept right? on dropping further and further, <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? It was... It's an experience. Speedrunning is an intense sport. It's not even speedrunning. It's like getting a certain star in a certain location with half an A-press. One of the comments was like, if you weren't into video games, you could have cured cancer by now, and I believe <laughs> that guy is like... yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if cancer was on a Nintendo 64, yeah, he probably could have cured it. <laughs> I don't think an N64 could run our reality. I think the time thingy has a little bit more processing power than that. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Just let it run long enough. It couldn't run it in real time, but maybe very slowly. That's true. We, we might be being simulated like several decades to a frame. Yeah, it's entirely possible. That's we're not even talking decades. We're talking we don't have terms for the length of time big enough that it would require an N64 to simulate one frame <laughs> of just Earth. Uh, we probably have terms for numbers that I mean, numbers we, go we have high. We have Eon, but I don't oh, think I we have mean. anything beyond millennia, and Eon is indeterminate. It's just really long time. Well, like a single point in time of the entire Earth, like... You, to manage to find a way how to store that in memory. Yeah, that's true. That's true, though. The N64 wouldn't even have enough RAM. How much RAM does the time thingy have? Holy cow. Hmm. Which, I guess, brings up the question. Could Steven hook that puppy up to a game system and uh, use that baby's <laughs> graphics card? Could he do it? The game sphere. <laughs> So, I mean, between Steven and the Stevens and Steven and the Crystal Gems, which song do you prefer? Steven and the Crystal Gems, absolutely. Yeah, that's easily better. Okay, thank you. This <laughs> unanimous agreement 
on no, the subject. No, you know what? My favorite song was Steven's A Big Fat Meanie. I liked how through the montage of them going through timelines, that's what they played. That was the song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if this is just specific to my childhood, but it feels like the kind of skater music you'd play, and it felt very fitting. Yeah, that had nothing to do with my childhood at all. I played a lot of Tony Hawk games when I was a kid. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I did do that. <laughs> the Ace of Spades. But, yeah... <laughs> Like I said, I'm just not so much for the breaking up of the band. I just that's that's what keeps me from really liking this episode. But you th- you want you wanted to there there to be some single timeline besides the original one where there is a band of Stevens. I just I just want to see Steven get along with himself. You know, I mean, I, I know that I know the episode's no fun. If it's like okay, there are four Stevens now, and we're gonna go play Beach of Palooza. But I mean, we could find some other conflict in the episode, right? I mean. I don't know, that that brings up a good question. If you cloned yourself or duplicated yourself, would you get along with yourself? Yes, because I'm I mean, perfect. I certainly wouldn't throw myself out of the band for being a jerk, because I'm gonna realize that, well, if I had if I had been the one that they that we had all named band leader, I would have done exactly the same thing, so it's useless to be mad at him. <laughs> you know, I would I would at least have enough sense not to be mad about it, you know, rather than Okay, Steven, we're kicking out the band. It's like more, okay, this band leader thing ain't working. Because uh, clearly, none of us can handle that. It's true, though. I'd kick myself out of the band for having no musical talent. I, th- I think the obvious solution would be just for them all to be the handsome one. And the smart one and the funny one. Like Steven and the Pompadours? <laughs> Come on. I'd go to see that band. I'd go to see that band because it's made out of four clones. <laughs> just like on, uh... Well, I guess they're not all clones of the same person on Gravity Falls. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, the Blue Man group. I'm like, those aren't the same people. They're just dressed the same. But they're not! <laughs> <laughs> I think another little bit that I liked was, Garnet, you have a lobster on your butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... That's that's a very good quotable quote. I love the I love the Opal's universe version of that. Of, like, Sapphire's got a lobster on her butt? I think so. I, I just like anything where it's Opal running around with Ruby and Sapphire. They, they need an episode of that. Just a canon episode of that. It would be wonderful. We finally get to learn more about Opal. I mean, not just from the guidebook, but we get to see more of what Opal's like. Everyone wants more Opal. We hopeful for Opal. <sighs> <laughs> A little bit of Ken with the peanut gallery back there. <laughs> so, I mean, like I said, just because, just because I don't like the episode doesn't mean I don't think it's good. Yeah. Just makes me uncomfortable is all. I still not not convinced here about that mass murder on Steven's part. But, that was uh, my favorite part. What are you talking about? I, I think they try and play it as a joke. And I think as a joke, it's pretty funny. But still, it's a thing that legitimately happened. If that happened in like the Uncle Grandpa episode, that's not canon, fine. But from my point of view, Stephen canonically is a serial murderer. So well, uh, our well, Stephen never did that. Our timeline Stephen never did that. Uh, but he was capable. He still of has it in him, though. Like yeah. our timeline Stephen would have that... done the exact same thing in that situation. So it still speaks to his character. Do you know what that makes him if he kills a bunch of copies of himself to set the timelines right? A hero. <laughs> a hero. I'm gonna get a little bit of joking victim for everybody. 
I'm going to allow it. Okay, I'm not, but fair enough. Well, anybody have anything else to add, or shall we sign off? Yep, because I have not done this in a while. This episode first aired on September 4th, 2014. It was episode number 22. It had 2.136 million viewers, and it was written and boarded boarded by uh, Joe Johnston and Jeff Liu. Ah, the good old days when the ratings were high all around Cartoon Network. Ah, yeah. Well, I guess we will all see you next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Sophia. I'm Ken. Leave us a review on iTunes or something. I don't know. Next week is our one year anniversary, so listen to us do nothing special, most likely. See ya! Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan related content, please visit lunarcspire.com. Thank you for listening.